Food, water, shelter, and nesting are all vital to attracting birds to your backyard. Multiple food sources are also helpful. Shop a wide variety of feeders, waterers, and bird food at Blaine's Farm and Fleet to keep your feathered friends happy and healthy all year long. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Oh, yes, indeed. Another chilly start to a Thursday morning, but at least we're staying dry. How are you, everybody? I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. So glad you're along with us. Ryan Yonkman from EverAg is going to be along with us this morning. Boy, we saw a big drop again yesterday. Barrel cheese was down nine cents. 40-pound block cheese dropped three and a quarter, and the AA butter was down four. Why is that happening? What's going on in the marketplace? Ryan Yonkman will have answers for us. The answers as far as weather coming up with Stu Muck in a moment. The forecast in front of me calls for some clouds this morning. 49 are expected high today, and that's probably going to occur this afternoon. Tomorrow, a little bit of a warm-up on the way. Sunshine and 53. Saturday, some sun and 56. Believe it or not, by the time we get to the front part of next week, we're going to be back up in the 60s. Let's see if Stu Muck agrees with that forecast. We'll catch up with him in just moments. Whether you compete on the court, at the track, on the field, or in the fields, winning isn't just a goal. It's a mindset shaped, honed, and defined throughout the season. That's why farmers pushing themselves to be the best plant decal brand corn. Wherever you compete, winning has roots. Perform at your best with decal. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Understanding federal milk orders is a challenge. Bob Osel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. Recently, they were changed. So California now has a federal milk marketing order. Is it working the way it's supposed to? A lot of debate on that. But Stephanie, you had a chance to talk to an expert on federal milk marketing orders. What's the latest? What's the update? Yeah, I did. And the update is dairy groups take issue with current U.S. milk pricing. Stephanie Hoff coming to you from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative and the Dairy Business Association, among other dairy groups, are proposing a reform to the federal milk marketing order. The proposal is called Class 3 Plus. The groups released it earlier this year. I talked to Edge economist and University of Minnesota professor Mark Marin Bozik, he says there's a reason the U.S. needs to reorganize its milk pricing system. One is that the producer price differentials are getting smaller as fluid milk sales fall and other dairy commodities rise. We can travel back in time almost 100 years when dairy producers and bottlers would not agree on a price of milk. Dairy producers would go on a strike. The cities would be left without milk for days and weeks. And um, the system was designed back then to make sure that the price of milk is fair for everybody in the supply chain, the dairy producers, the bottlers, the retailers, and consumers. What we find ourselves, the, posi- the moment we, are, we find ourselves now in is that fluid milk sales are down and our dairy exports are growing. And we are actively thinking how to reorganize milk pricing so that 
10 years from now, everybody can still be successful, that the consumer can have their milk at a reasonable price, that the dairy producer can thrive as well, and that in addition to domestic consumers here in the United States, they can provide nutritious uh, milk and dairy products for consumers overseas in China, in Japan, South Korea, Southeast Asia, uh, all around the world. Ten years from now, you predict producer price differentials, on, which is a line on uh, farmers' milk checks, will be down so low they won't even want to participate. So currently the, the, the system for milk pricing called the Federal Milk Marketing Orders uh, provide help for dairy producers in form of uh, added uh, revenue to their milk check above and beyond what the value of milk is when that milk is used in cheese making or butter making or, or uh, milk powders. And the way that's typically represented on the milk check is through the, the, a line item that the, with a formal name of producer price differential. As fluid milk sales dwindle and as production of cheese and butter and other commodities rise over time, that line is getting that line item on the milk check is getting smaller and smaller. So what we discussed today is how do we reorganize the milk pricing system so that uh, we can maintain a fair and balanced relationship between milk buyers and milk sellers, dairy producers and their processors, at the same time serving U.S. consumers with with wholesome milk and also incentivizing our processors to pursue new markets overseas because, Stephanie, we will have to export anywhere between 40 and 55 percent of all additional skim solids that we will add to the market over the next 10 years to improve genetics or, or more dairy cows. Uh, domestic market is not growing very much. It's quite saturated. Uh, and the and our cows are still getting better year after year. We we are better managers of livestock, and uh, we need new markets for for that additional milk. That that market will be found overseas, and in order to do that in the most advantageous way for everyone, we may want to contemplate some milk pricing reforms. Yeah, and I mean, let's talk about those different export opportunities. Right now, um, powdered milk accounts for a half of solids leaving the U.S., which you say is an issue. What we, when we compare trade statistics in the United States from what our competitors overseas in New Zealand and Europe are doing, we find that New Zealand and Europe are focused more on value-added products in infant formula, whole milk powder, specialty cheeses, etc. Whereas, as you said, Stephanie, in the United States, almost half of all the dairy products, actually over half of all dairy products that leave the country in, ter in terms of volume are just cheap stuff, you know, the non-fat dry milk powder and and some uh, some whey protein, whey powders. Um, what we need to do is better position U.S. dairy system so that we can export more cheese and we can export cheeses that are more than just commodity cheeses, some, some value-added cheeses as well. And that's where Wisconsin can play a role. Yeah, and then let's remind people, too, why fluid milk uh, demand is going down. There's so many more options on the market than there were, you know, many decades ago. There are multiple reasons. One of them is what you just uh, indicated, that back in the 70s, you really had just four choices on what you're going to drink if it's not water. Uh, you could go with coffee, you could go with uh, soda, or you can go with an orange juice that you had to mix in the water, those little cans. And if you didn't like any of those three, that was milk for you. So you drank milk with breakfast, lunch, and, and dinner. Uh, well, these days, there are dozens and dozens of choices from maple water to the various mushroom drinks to, to all kinds 
kinds of value-added coffee uh, ready to drink um, products so so milk is getting lost uh, and and also we used to consume a lot of milk with breakfast now we don't need breakfast anymore the way we did before cereal consumption is 20 percent down overall as the u.s consumer habits change the dairy industry and the milk pricing has to follow suit in order to maintain a fair and balanced pricing between milk buyer and a dairy producer yeah, and I mean, in your research at University of Minnesota and, and between your colleagues and yourself, you find that adjusting the federal milk marketing order would be better than totally demi- like getting rid of it. Well, the, the uh, complete dissolution of the federal orders would do little to increase overall sales of fluid milk. Um, so if we are thinking about how, what we can do if we if we didn't have the system in place that we already have perhaps we would design it differently from scratch but we are not starting from a clean slate we are starting with a system around which plants have been built producers have located their dairies where they did because of the system and it would be uh, reckless to just assume that 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 all of that can just go away overnight without having some serious collateral damage what we can do instead is we can use what's good about the current system to build a new and better system that is more focused on exports, that is more focused on offering dairy processors flexibility they need to pursue new markets. Another thing I want to touch on, you challenged us to think about dairy pricing as similar to how we price corn. So milk is a different commodity than corn. If you don't like the price of corn today, you don't have to take a load of corn to a local elevator. You can store corn until prices improve. With milk, you don't have that privilege. If you don't ship milk on time, it's, you're going to get kefir, and then they won't take it as such. Um, so uh, so what that has traditionally been an argument in favor of heavy regulation of milk pricing. But my point was that we can take the simplicity and understandability of corn prices, which means that we have a commodity exchange that sets the base price for five contracts a year, and then you have a local basis that every elevator offers to you up to a year or more out, so you can lock in the basis and you can lock in the base price on Chicago. There is no reason why we couldn't have milk pricing as simple as that, that you know what your base is, and, and what's driving that base, and you can use government-subsidized crop insurance programs such as dairy revenue protection to cover the base, and then your processor just offers a basis contract on top of that. So you can, so as a dairy producer, you can fully stabilize your milk price over the next year, year and a half. As a dairy processor, you have uh, quite a lot of flexibility to set the basis in such way that it um, allows you to pursue new and unconventional markets uh, rather than being forced into, uh, not forced, I should say, rather than being incentivized to produce low-value-added commodity products as the current system does. Yeah. And we'll cap things off, Mar, and talking about that Class 3-plus proposal from Edge Dairy Cooperative. Uh, you did a good job summing it into three quick points. <laughs> Can you do that again for us? So the... Um, Edge Dairy Cooperative, where I serve as a contract economist, a few months ago proposed a, a very particular technical proposal on how we can make the first step towards reforming milk pricing. Um, that proposal calls for abolishing of what in the dairy industry we call advanced pricing. Um, it calls for tying class one to a class three price, so tying the beverage milk price to the price of cheese. 
simple in a simple words and then uh, making regular orderly updates to that formula every year to ensure that the class one price is still on average the high, highest value class um, that that system in 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 the opinion of the uh, good people at the edge board of directors would allow dairy producers more effective risk management while at the same time providing for ability of uh, bottlers to to provide prices to retailers before the month starts using the regular risk management instruments of Chicago Mercantile Exchange. And it would really not uh, hurt dairy consumers because the price of milk at the retail store uh, would would not change in any noticeable way. So they everybody gets a better world. Dairy, dairy consumers, milk consumers get milk at a reasonable, affordable prices. Um, uh, the uh, milk bottlers and retailers have more flexibility to to lock in the price of their input, the milk bottled milk as an input, before the start of the month, and dairy producers get more effective risk management system. Yeah, you said it's a win-win situation. Is there anyone though on the losing end of, of this? Maybe even in other states. Uh, there are some producers in the southeast and the northeast who would perceive this to be a loss to them, but I think that if if we talk more about the proposal and explain how we designed it, I think we can uh, I hope that we can convince them that this is in everybody's best interest, not just in the best interest of producers in Wisconsin or Minnesota. With the proposal is certainly not designed to favor one region over another. Um, we 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 created this proposal around the assumption that how how do we make it most hedgeable while at the same time maximize the probability that the class one in any single month would be the highest value price. And that's the word from edge economist and University of Minnesota professor Marin Bozik. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Stephanie Hoff. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. The landscape across the central corn belt is going through some changes. The old authorities are starting to fade and today are being replaced by a more dedicated, harder-working, higher-performing seed corn company. One with a team of folks raised right here and ready to serve. Whoa, boy. Looks like there's a new sheriff in town. Wiffles Hybrids. Quite possibly the best hybrids you can buy. Huh. Nice. Hardwood floor. Or is it? Sounds like a floor. It's not squishy. That's good. Floors aren't supposed to squish. Goes wall to wall, like good floors do. And I'm walking all over it. Usually, a dead giveaway that it's a floor. But it's not a floor. This is a mattress. Charlie Heidel's for 52 days. People like Charlie are scattered all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll supply nearly $400,000 in bedding, furniture, clothing, and household items to people like Charlie. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in food, shelter, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. So, you want to drive a Tonka truck? Well, roll up your sleeves and get ready to play in the dirt. Kalani Topsoil is looking for more people that know their dirt. 
Full-time seasonal positions are open for CDL dump truck drivers. Our family business will make sure you're home every night. There's competitive benefits, and you'll drive updated equipment. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Apply at KalaniTopsoil.com. Now that's good pay dirt. Here we use a lot of F-words. Food, fiber, and farming. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. All righty. Time for us to get to it and find out just exactly what's happening with our weather. I do like the outlook going towards the weekend. Time for Ag Weather's Tumak Ag Meteorologist joining us. Yeah, I just kind of keep pinning my thoughts on what's coming up this weekend. We finally, we got corn sitting in the field, but it's all in grain carts, so we're wrapped up. Happy about that. Gotta, gotta feel good when it's this early in November and you can start parking things. Yeah, it always kind of feels good to know that things are getting done, and I know there's still a lot of work. There's still corn all around my neighborhood and spots. We're going to be working on that because we don't have any adverse weather, nothing to slow us down, no rainfall, no big storm, nothing like that. Sure, it's a bit on the cool side this morning, but throughout the day, it is trying to moderate a bit, and we still stay just a little under normal for highs today, but we do warm it up, especially As we make our way on into Friday and Saturday, the air mass is going to get a whole lot nicer. And with those nicer temperatures, of course, and sunshine, it's going to be really fine. A great time to be out and about and getting things done. High pressure off to our south. A very weak disturbance may try to edge in on the northern edge of the U.S. And that's why there may be a a sprinkle or a bit of a flurry at uh, La Crosse and maybe Mauston into central Wisconsin as we just make our way through Friday night or early Saturday. There may even be a little sprinkle in the area this morning. Just not going to amount to much of anything. Otherwise, sunny and fine into next week. Mid and later part of next week, that rain chance may finally begin to edge on in. Oh, as we make our way on toward Tuesday night or into Wednesday, there could be a little scattered shower activity trying to join us. I'll have forecast details right after this. Farmers understand return on investment. They understand the power and the value of the sun. Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. It's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and their with their property is money. <laughs> so one of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. <laughs> uh, instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity. You should reach out to us, and we will come out there for a very specialized, specific quote for you to look at your farm. We can put solar anywhere. We can put it on a barn. We can put it on the ground. We can put it on a hill. (laughs) So we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm and your situation. And then once we design that, even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a $0 energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. All righty, Stu, tell me about this weather forecast. I mean, we have got to be really catching some attention going into what daylight savings swap out this weekend and still with no snow on the ground for the most part in the state. Yeah, that's about it. Way up in the north, Vilas County's had some, Rhineland right here's had some, probably not sticking around yet, but they've seen it. For the rest of us, not bad. Mostly cloudy skies, and there will be some breaks today where the sun may peak out now and again. 
It's not going to suddenly become a mostly sunny, wonderful day, but there'll be some looks at that sun. That's not bad. Very upper 40s for a lot of us, anywhere from about 46 to 49, and the south winds are going to be around 5 to 10. In the nighttime, I'd say we become partly cloudy, and it does cool again down in the lower 30s with the south winds about 5. Sunny skies back around here for Friday, a fine day. Low 50s, south winds 5 to 15. There could be some gusts close to 30, so we keep that chilly feel. And that just a few clouds Friday night, that chance of a sprinkle or a snowflake. Otherwise, by Saturday, I think we're just going to talk about sunny skies. A lot of upper 50s around here with the southwest winds at 5 to 15. Could be a 60, if not even Saturday sometime, Pam. Sunday, I really do expect a lot of 60s to be seen. Oh, be still my heart. That is absolutely incredible. Very good, Stu. You know I'm, huh? You're going to have to watch the Packer game outside or something, you know, because <laughs> yeah. it's nice. Well, yeah, everybody be watching this Packer game, that's for sure. All right, buddy, we'll catch up with you tomorrow. Thanks. All right, see ya. Stumach, our ag meteorologist, bringing you those glorious weather details as we get ready to roll our way into a Thursday. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Back in grade school, we were always taught to avoid run-on sentences. That's not a problem at Wiffle's Hybrids, since we're only focused on one thing, our high-yielding corn hybrids. Oh, and handling our own seed production. Oh, and staying independent in U.S. farm... Well, shoot. Turns out it's easier said than done. Wiffles Hybrids, one thing done right, and lots of little things done right, too. Aloha! Pam Yankee inviting you to join me on an agriculture tour of all four of the Hawaiian Islands, March 21st through April 2nd. We'll enjoy tropical scenery, learn about Hawaii's unique agriculture, touring a pineapple plantation, learning about salt harvesting, and more. Visit HolidayVacations.com or, better yet, call them, 888-557-1020 for a free brochure. That number again, 888-557-1020. Doctor. Doctor. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. We offer routine maintenance and precise surgery for your vehicle. Plus, Valvoline Professional Services to protect the health of your car. Does your doctor give you a warranty? We do. More than mechanics. At Tom's Auto Center, we're more like family physicians for your car. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Tom's Auto Center. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Brought to you by Cleary Building Corp. Built with pride before the shamrocks applied. Visit clearybuilding.com to explore their buildings. Equity Livestock Cooperative. Marketing your livestock, financing your operation, and supporting the livestock community. And Wisconsin Farm Bureau is celebrating 100 years as the state's largest general agriculture organization. Join now at WF. BF.com. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection, a name you can trust when service is a must. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection is here 24 hours a day, seven days a week for all your residential and commercial plumbing services. From installation, repairs, and maintenance to complete sewer and drain cleaning, we've got you covered. Visit MononaPFP.com. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection, a name you can trust when service 
When someone breaks important safety rules and drives negligently, a crash is often the result. If you're caught in a crash because another driver broke the rules, it can feel unfair. And for good reason. It's not fair when you're injured through no fault of your own. It's not fair when your life is now very different. We can help. At Clifford and Rihala, after decades of helping people injured because someone else broke the rules, we know what you're going through and we're ready to stand by you. Here you'll find caring, compassionate attorneys committed to helping you recover everything you've lost. If you've been in a crash, call Clifford and Rihala for a free consultation on your injury claim. We'll fight to make things right so that now you're treated fairly. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hard-working, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. Are you fairly fit but would love a little edge up? Are you entering middle age with a slowing metabolism and weak core? MSculpt may be your answer. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie is proud to be one of the first clinics in the area to offer this new muscle building technology called MSculpt. It's approved for building and toning abs, arms, butt, thighs, and calves. MSculpt works. One 30-minute treatment can be equivalent to 20,000 crunches or 20,000 squats. It's safe, effective, and painless with virtually no downtime. Sound too good to be true? Visit Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie to learn more. Let your natural beauty shine through. View our specials at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. You know it's coming. Let's make sure you're prepared. Winter in Wisconsin. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee reminding you about all the services that are there under one roof at McFarland, 780 Carolina Street in Sauk City, McFarland's.net online. Don't forget, time for that snowblower service to make sure it's ready to go. They can handle it. Maybe a set of new tires for the ride that you depend on in the winter. Focused on their community and your safety. That's McFarland, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City. McFarland's.net online. It happened. I loved it. I texted you Friday night. I knew you were fired up. I, thanks for taking a little time out to respond to me, Strubs. I felt like I was very humbled that I got a text from you after you guys beat Michigan 4-2. to You said season saver. Tell me more. I think so. I mean, uh, you know, we're a team that's fighting its identity here slowly and... Uh, I thought it would be much faster. We have to rely on our veterans and the Tarek Bakers and the Brock Caulfields and the Ty Inamotos, and they have to carry us. And right now it's just been, um, you, know, you know, it's a work in progress. And so scoring goals has been our difficulty. Uh, the power play has been lackluster at best. So uh, we've all had to step up our, our our trust. Yeah. You know, and then execution. That's what everything comes down to really is, you know, you can set up plays you can uh, draw this up, draw that up, change four checks, uh, put different personnel out there in certain situations. But unless you're executing, um, you don't get the results you want. And I think uh, our goaltending has been better as of late, uh, which helps a lot. But those guys have to bail us out sometimes too. Uh, but that game really for us personified what we need to do all season, what we've been preaching, how we have to play. And we won the game in the neutral zone. And you know, for the non-hockey fans out there, it's basically like, you know, making sure that nobody comes at you with odd man numbers, you know. So mm-hmm. when your your defensemen are looking up ice, they don't have four against two or 
uh, three against one, it's we had numbers. So it was always us outnumbering them through the neutral zone, not letting them build uh, confidence in their uh, skill work or their speed to make plays. And we, and we killed plays all the time when they entered our zone. Uh, and that gave us a lot of success. It frustrated them. And that has to be the same recipe here against Minnesota because they're built the same way Michigan is. They want to get up and down the ice. They want to activate defensemen so they have numbers coming at you and they can make plays and get pucks to your net. But if we track them, uh, it used to be called back checking. Now we call it back pressure or tracking. And if we what can outnumber the them, it's, it's uh, us being smarter than the game as coaches. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we got to reinvent uh, verbiage. <laughs> okay. So basically, uh, yeah. So so we track a lot, and uh, we do a lot of drills in practice. Back where check. We, we can, yeah, yeah I, I still know it as back check. You can, hey, hey yeah. you're in the circle of trust. Yeah. You can call yeah. it back checking here. Yep. So what's the, I watched Thursday's game because it was on Big Ten Network, and uh, the, the Friday game was not. It was on Big Ten Plus, you know, or something like that. But what was the difference between I watched that game, you know, looked like a lot of you know, a lot of the shots were getting in, getting into the gut of the goalie or in the pillows. But what's the difference between that loss and turning it around the next? What did you do? Did you was it just a matter of scoring or um, goaltending? Goaltending was better. Structure was better. What was the difference between Thursday and Friday for people that? You know, want to know playing against a high-powered team like Michigan? Yeah, truthfully, we got a we got a few bounces. I mean, uh, there you go. I think you know we we pressured their goaltender a lot. Uh, he loved to play the puck, Portillo, and so we finally kind of figured him out. And actually, one that he tried to play and shoot up the middle, it hit Tarek Baker right in the belly, dropped to the ice uh, right on Tarek's stick, and he pumped one in open netter. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. goal kind of changed our confidence. I thought, like, hey, we finally got a bounce, and then we kind of. Um, we worked off that, but our our big message—it's no secret—how we have to score this year uh, is our defense creating our offense, and then net presence, puck to net, second, third effort, rebounds. It's not—we don't have the skill like we did last year. And what was it last year like scoring? It was like, hey, I think you had mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. It was like, hey, you know, Cole Caulfield, go get us a goal. Was that was that how you guys scored? Well, yeah, and then you have Weisbach and Holloway yeah. and Bice, and those guys can set people up. And you know, when when it was Cole in the goalie, he could pick a corner and bury sure. it. And now you're up one nothing. You know, a few guys here right now. It's they just don't have that prowess. So uh, you said it, you're finding the identity, right? You're yeah, finding yeah, the and it has to be net screens. It ha- so Max Johnson scores a game winner, and it was a puck to the net. It was a second chance, and then it popped out again. Third chance, he buries it because he was in the right spot. It's F three in the soft area. Sandy, yeah, but but we had Sandy. but we had gritty. Bump. Oh, yeah, yeah gritty, gritty sandpaper, you need the grit, fa- the sandpaper. Grit factory, and, and, and that was a message. Yeah, that was a message we continue to preach. <laughs> so whether you got to take a cross check in the back, uh, a spear to the gut, a punch to the face, that's what we guy. have to do to to have success. <laughs> and then you can't react. You know, then, then the mental toughness has to kick in and say, "I'll let them, you know, beat the heck out of me." But in the end, we'll get the reward by scoring, you know, a road goal and and get out of there with the win. And and that was more the message we sent going. You gotta pay a price. You gotta stay disciplined. But you know, again, we have to outnumber them to the puck and then transition. Mm-hmm. And and I thought it it was really well executed. And we got to do it every day. Strobes, I'm getting fired up. <laughs> do, you, do you like practice these in the mirror before you go out and like do an interview or before the, the team? Or she's sweeter than a glass of chocolate milk and louder than a morning rooster. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Young. Oh, you know what? Sweet this weather forecast. We're staying dry. Now, the temperatures today, not all that impressive with a high of around 49. 
Tell you what, though, Saturday, sunshine and 56. Sunday and Monday will be in the 60s. That's pretty sweet. Talking about sweet, the Wisconsin honey producers are gathering together starting today for their annual fall convention. They'll be up in Wisconsin Rapids. Because of that, Stephanie Hoff will be handling the show tomorrow morning. I will be covering the Wisconsin Honey Producers annual meeting. And what's also sweet this morning, Ryan Yonkman from Everag joining us as our guest this morning. He's going to field some tough questions from me on what in the world's going on with this cheese market. Two days in a row, we have seen a major decline in the price on our barrel cheese. Yesterday, it impacted block and butter prices as well. Ryan Yonkman coming up. Time for the Alcivia Co-op Talk. Remember, just a conversation with our friends from Alcivia on the services and products that they're providing across the state of Wisconsin. And today, focused in on a hot topic for conversation, regardless of uh, your enterprise. Lee Parker joining us. He's the Vice President of Energy and Retail for Alcivia. And Lee, the big issue with you is you are the fellow that's got your pulse on the energy supply. One component that everybody's watching, propane, natural gas. Tell me a little bit about how propane gets to Wisconsin. Yeah, propane kind of arrives in Wisconsin a couple of different ways. Um, Wisconsin is kind of the end of the road for propane from both the north and the south. Um, the south uh, sources of propane is originates out of the Conway, Kansas market where they have a large storage of underground capacity for propane and then pipelines connect that storage to Wisconsin. So the terminals that are connected to the pipe in Wisconsin are actually uh, connected all the way back to Kansas, and that propane flows north through those pipelines. However, Wisconsin finds itself on the very end of those pipelines with many connection points between here and where that supply originates. Um, A second major supply source for Wisconsin is through rail supply, and a lot of that product also originates from the north of us and comes down to us from Canada. So we get a lot of our propane um, supply supplemented from Canadian sources that arise with us on rail and train into various terminals across the state of Wisconsin. All right. That being said, then, the big question, Lee, is how are supplies looking? That supply chain issue pops up everywhere these days. Yeah, and propane is not uh, any different. It is impacted just as much as any other market that you're hearing about supply chain issues. And a couple of things about propane, though, that are more industry-specific from a supply constraint is that propane, the propane export market has developed um, significantly over the last five to ten years. And the ports for propane, where it is exported out of this country, are in the Vancouver area as well as out of the Gulf through Houston markets. So a lot of our propane has changed direction. Instead of heading towards Wisconsin and the upper Midwest, it is moving towards the coast where it is feeding out to other countries um, around the world. So that has uh, uh, added some strain to supply for us in this area. Yikes. So what about us poor folks in Wisconsin that are at the literal ends of the lines? What's uh, the supply situation for us this winter? Yeah, and it's not just this winter, but probably every winter for years to come. We are um, a less lucrative market for the shippers, uh, either the rail or the pipeline folks, because they can have a 12-month market at those export terminals. So we are uh, constantly negotiating for supply to come to our area, and uh, we work 
here at Alcivia with a lot of suppliers that have deep connections to be able to make sure that that product can arrive when we need it. As everybody knows, it's the crop drying season as well as the cold winters we face is the time of year that propane needs to make sure to be here for everyone uh, that needs it. And we have to do a lot of positioning to make sure we have that supply for them. Given your connections in the industry, Lee, are we worried about a shortage here in Wisconsin? What should we be thinking about if we haven't already laid in our supplies? Yeah, if you you know, one of the things that we need to make sure we're doing is that you connect yourself with a supplier such as us that has a connection with a reliable source. Um, a lot of people in our business, from a retailer's perspective, continue to chase the product that might be the most economical or that they can get through the summer months um, at a discount. And we choose to look for a supplier that can perform year-round for us so that our customers, the supply to our customers does not get interrupted just based off of uh, an economic standpoint. So there is a true value um, to suppliers that may spend a few pennies more to make sure that that product is provided to their customers. And we we take that stance as well. Lee Parker is along with us, Vice President of Energy and Retail for Alcivia. This is Co-op Talk. So Lee, if I haven't yet talked to my Alcivia representative and got that uh, supply laid in for the winter, or maybe I'm still looking for that reliable partner, can you take us on? Yeah, we sure can. And we have those uh, the connections we have within the supply side of propane perform for us year round. Now, I will caution you that uh, the price of propane has done exactly what you're hearing in other energy markets, as well as natural gas. It has been on a steady increase over the last six months. So I would uh, not only suggest that you align yourself with a supplier such as us for this winter, but that you consider and set your calendars for the June, July, August timeframe every year to connect with us and work on a supply plan so that you don't have to worry about supply issues when you truly need it the most. Sage advice from Lee Parker, Vice President of Energy and Retail for Alcivia. Like he said, specifically regarding propane and uh, the situation we face in Wisconsin, end of the line but still need it for crop drying as well as our winter heating needs. Make sure you're having that conversation with your Alcivia representative today. Got to find one? No problem. Jump online at alcivia.com. And that, my friends, is your Alcivia Co-op Talk. Whether you compete on the court, at the track, on the field, or in the fields, winning isn't just a goal. It's a mindset shaped, honed, and defined throughout the season. That's why farmers pushing themselves to be the best plant DeKalb brand corn. Wherever you compete, winning has roots. Perform at your best with DeKalb. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Aloha, fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee inviting you to join me on a four-island tour of the Hawaiian Islands, March 21st through April 2nd. This is going to be a fantastic tour, not only including beautiful tropical scenery, but learning about Hawaii's agriculture, pineapple production, salt harvesting, and more. You can get a free brochure by calling Holiday Vacations, 888-557-1020. That number again, 888 888- Five five seven ten twenty. Ryan Yankman with EverAg is joining us in just a moment. Big conversation topic, what's happening to the price on our cheese? I'm guessing some of Ryan's answer will have to do with the backlog of product trying to get into the international marketplace. And we're not alone. In Canada, 
The price on containers has hit record levels. Some shippers have seen the cost of a container rise from $2,500 to as much as $25,000 for that very same container a year and a half later. We'll talk with Ryan Yonkman about that situation in just a moment. Markets in overnight electronic trade this morning. December corns up three at 567. November soybeans down two at 1229. January beans, they're down two as well at 1242. The wheat for December is up seven at 788. July new crop wheat, that's up six at 793. Barrel cheese dropped another nine cents yesterday at 157. 40 pound block cheese was down three and three quarter cents at 164 and a quarter, while the double A butter, that dropped four cents to a dollar ninety four per pound. December milk this morning is unchanged. Seventeen ninety seven a hundredweight. Talking about that dairy complex with Ryan Yonkman next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. No doubt about it. The best seat in the house is the one in your bathroom. The toilet is one of those things you never expect to act up or break down. But when it does, Benjamin Plumbing will have one of their capable service techs check things out. It could be something as simple as a float valve. Or it could be you're due for a brand new, comfy toilet. And not to worry, the majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Temperamental toilet? Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Looking for that unique, one-of-a-kind engagement ring, something that you can customize yourself, maybe a gorgeous pendant necklace, diamond earrings. The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique, funky diamonds, one-of-a-kind pieces, stuff you won't find anywhere else, and price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone? Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street. Goodman's Jewelers. Farm goddess, agricultural princess, queen of all that moves. Nah, let's stick with farm babe. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Uh, yes, here we are on a morning where we are actually going to have a good opportunity to see some sunshine. That's the good news as far as activity is concerned. Uh, like Stu said earlier, we are actually looking for temperatures that are going to head towards 60 degrees by the time that we get to Saturday or Sunday. Uh, let's uh, talk a little bit about what's going on as far as our dairy markets. Uh, Ryan Yonkman with EverAg in Chicago is uh, our guest this morning. And one of the big questions that I've got as far as activities are concerned for dairy is we've seen our cheese price go down 
uh, and definitely a concern for a lot of dairy producers as far as rapid declines, like nine cents yesterday. I think it was six cents the day before. Just exactly why is that uh, happening and what's going on there? We're going to have to try to reach Ryan, I guess, on the phone here. Tell you what, you give a listen to uh, this conversation and we'll talk a little bit more about what's coming up in the dairy markets and what's going on as far as our uh, dairy complex is concerned. Stick around. We'll get you that detail with Ryan Yonkman in a moment. Back in grade school, we were always taught to avoid run-on sentences. That's not a problem at Wiffle's Hybrids, since we're only focused on one thing, our high-yielding corn hybrids. Oh, and handling our own seed production. Oh, and staying independent in U.S. farm... Well, shoot. Turns out it's easier said than done. Wiffles Hybrids, one thing done right, and lots of little things done right, too. This is the Midwest Farm Report. We're trying to check on with Ryan Yonkman this morning. He's our guest from Everag. Thanks, Ryan, for checking in. Let's get right to it. So the number one question I've got for you, my friend, is what exactly is going on when it comes to the rapid drop in our cheese price? Yeah, so I, I think, uh, and good morning, by the way. Um, I think what you're seeing here, for sake of all the dairymen out there, this is, I think, a perfect example of showcasing uh, the type of risk we're going to be living in for a while, uh, which people are maybe sick of hearing, um, but it's really all things tied back to logistics, uh, labor, supply chain issues. Uh, just a couple days ago, we saw the world make new highs. Uh, people probably watched the GDT, the Global Dairy Trade Auction, uh, send global prices into new highs, more or less putting a spot class three and class four equivalent at around 22 to $23 a hundredweight. Uh, with the U.S. that same day trading closer to $18, $18.5 doesn't make much sense why we should go lower, right? Export opportunities are beautiful. The storyline, but what we're hearing today as to why we're back in the high 150s, low 160s, has everything to do with labor shortages at cut wrap facilities. Uh, there is enough cheese available in this country. Uh, it's not like cheese is extremely tight. So between that and perhaps export hiccups, uh, you know, there was big news last week about the cyber attack on one of our biggest cheese customers. I think an aggregation of all those things created a domestic issue uh, that very much allows us to divert from world strength. Um, we'd also look at that, though, in a nutshell, and more than likely that typically is short-term weakness as opposed to long-term. Um, but right here, right now, I think is showcasing World strength versus our own domestic risk uh, can very much tell two different stories. Um, and that's what we're living through, I think. Hey, I got to ask you, Ryan, there's been conversation on uh, things like wheat, even corn and soybeans, outside investors that are jumping in on commodities. Do we see any of that kind of influence in these prices? Uh, through the lens of dairy, uh, not really. Uh, we're still a, a, a pretty young commodity uh, growing uh, by all means when you look at open interest. I uh, can't sit here and say there's not some fun money uh, that might find its way uh, into our dairy sector. Um, but by no means do I look at uh, our industry as a place um, where that's what's out here in a major way, pushing things around or, or, or creating the move. 
Um, so I, I think what is real is what's going on in grains and in our cost of production, this inflation, if you will, um, where it can show its face in the milk price is, is through the lens of, of, I think, something very fundamental in that with costs where they're at uh, and where the milk price is where it's at, uh, a lot of dairymen uh, are not running profitable. The majority are not. And it's been no secret uh, dairy cows now are almost back to unchanged year over year. Milk production is almost unchanged. And the dairy herd dispersals that are happening around this country aren't slowing down. Uh, they're booked out uh, almost all the way into March in some states already with dispersals. So these high costs are showing their face, uh, and it's, it's in terms of our margin on site. And if you're that dairy without that next gen um, or just haven't quite figured out how to be efficient enough, uh, this is very much uh, sending another signal for um, you know, cows to leave this country, and that's happening. And so when you're talking about dispersals, those cows are just exiting the industry. They're not going to another farm, that type thing. Uh, it's a combination, right? I mean, there, there's no doubt uh, these cows will fall back into strong hands, you know, to another dairy. But even then, when you get a herd dispersal, you can always count on the bottom 20 or 30 percent will, will get cold and go to beef. And in some instances, some of these dispersals, when you look at some of the, the base and quota systems set up at certain co-ops and regions in this country, you could buy the cows and the base production might not come with it. And in an environment like that, that whole herd might go to beef. Um, so, so the answer is both, but I think in this instance, it's more beef than not. And so, yeah, those cows, are they're gone. Hmm. Uh, and until some of these milk prices we're seeing on the futures board become real, which you're about 60 days away, about two milk checks, and some of this 18, 19 stuff we'll start to see, there is no economic signal whatsoever being sent to a dairyman that, man, things are really good. I need to add cows. Um, not yet. Yeah, good point. And you're just joining us, Ryan Yachman, along with us from Everag. Now, you mentioned on the outset, Ryan, that dairy producers that are still in the game better really use every risk management tool available. What do you like? Uh, so I've, I've, got a, <laughs> I've got a saying for the year, and I'm going to stick to it for a while. Um, Buy puts and be bullish. There's no better environment on the dairy side right now than to buy puts and be bullish. And the puts I prefer for dairies right now is still through the Dairy Revenue Protection Program. Uh, with that subsidy, with the liquidity, the cash flow friendliness of it, I don't think there's a better play. Uh, a very close second, uh, especially if you're in a Class 3 state like Wisconsin, uh, would be LGM. Uh, and I think there's no issues there, but these are both subsidized programs that allow us to set floors, you know, up to a year out, uh, maintain your upside. Um, as much as we talked about some of the gloom and doom of right now, uh, this market feels supportive. There are a lot of bullish things still in play. Global milk production is closer to flat than not. That's a big deal. Um, so buy puts and be bullish. Excellent. Ryan Yonkman joining us this morning. Apologies for the technical difficulties and issues we had getting him here, but his point well taken that uh, it's time to pull the trigger on some of those risk management tools if you have not already gotten a chance to do that. Uh, you can find more on their website if you want to get in contact with Ryan or any of the EverAg staff. Just go to ever 
Egg, and you'll find them there. All right, tomorrow morning, Stephanie's going to be in the big chair as I'll be with the Wisconsin Honey Producers in Wisconsin Rapids. This is the Midwest Farm Report.